You're listening to Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jem. Hey, everybody, this is Michael Jam, and I'm here with Phil Hudson. And welcome back to another episode of Screenwriters Need to Hear This, the podcast for screenwriters who need to hear, who need to hear things. Uh, and so today, if uh, by the way, I apologize if you hear some background noise, like a background humming, hopefully we can remove it in post. But I, that's my air conditioning, and it is about, it's, lit, it's over 1,000 degrees outside in Los Angeles yep. today. Factual. And so I had it. We counted each degree. So we have the air. I got the air running here because there's just no way to do this without uh, having some kind of relief. All right. So today, uh, today's episode, Phil, welcome back, uh, is is called The Paradox of Being Vulnerable in Your Work. And it's a paradox. I talked a little bit about this uh, a few months ago or no, weeks ago on a post. And then I did my, you know, I did my one-man show, Phil, my show, uh, yeah, Paper Orchestra. To- to wave, rave reviews. Rave reviews. We, we sold out six um, uh, six shows, which was a relief because I was panicked that like no one was going to show up. Uh, that would have been embarrassing. And so, um, but then after each show, we did a Q&A and I kept on hearing a question over and over again. And, and many, you know, I, I think about maybe 75% of the people in the audience were basically fans from, you know, a podcast or TikTok or Instagram. And so obviously most of my, I don't know, I think, I think most of my fans are like aspiring writers or writers or actors. They're creative types, I think, right? And so they were the people in the audience. And so they kept on asking in the Q&A and the talk back afterwards, they kept on asking kind of the same thing show after show. And it was really about being vulnerable. <clears throat> so I thought I would just talk a little bit more about that to everyone else. Because obviously it's a, it's a, if they're talking about it, other people are probably interested in the same thing. And so this part's a little bit of a repeat, so I apologize if you already heard me talk about this. But you know, if you're new to the show, I got to repeat it. So my my show, my one man show, is based on my work at Paper Orchestra, which is a collection of personal essays. And so I'm always encouraging people who want to, uh, you know, start writing, learning the craft of writing, to to start with personal essays. And again, I know this is a repeat, this is a repeat for many people, but the reason why I say that is, like, whether you want to write a novel or a stage play or a screenplay. The writer has three jobs, and the first is to come up with characters, and the second is to come up with a story for those characters, and the third is to figure out how to unpack the details of that story in a manner, in a fashion that creates something that's engaging, an engaging story. And this is, by the way, what we teach in our in the screenwriting course, all, all this stuff. So uh, there'll be links to that at the end if you want. <clears throat> anyway, so so yeah, so I encourage people to tell to start learning. I start by telling uh, personal essays. And so that's what my piece is. My piece is really just me on stage and it's a perform reading. It's performative of, of my work. And it's very, it's very vulnerable because it's very personal. And even though the stories start out very light and funny towards the end of them, it gets real. Like the, the laughs are getting further and further apart as I get more and more real and, and really start getting dramatic and exposing like hopefully what I think is the truth. Right. And Couple of pieces are actually, the the couple of pieces are actually very difficult for me to get through because they're very they're just difficult they're very personal and very uh, you know you're exposing yourself you're making yourself vulnerable and <clears throat> excuse me so they're difficult to get through and at the end I know there was there wasn't a dry eye in the house you could just feel it you could just see it in the eyes you could just of the audience you could just you could just tell and actually at the end of the second piece that room was just applauding. 
and the applause was going on so long. I was like, I was like, I get, I was getting worried because I'm standing there. I'm like, I hope they realize there's more to this show. Maybe they think the show's over. <laughs> was going, I was like, this is going to be weird when I continue talking because they yeah. think it's over. But uh, I, I guess I don't think it was that. I think they were they were just really touched. And so then we went to the Q and A, and then people were asking you, hey, you know, is it difficult for you to be so vulnerable up there? And then I was like, why do they even care? But then it kind of occurred to me that most of these people are they're probably aspiring or writers or actors or and so maybe they're thinking about this for themselves like if i do this in my writing or performing are people is it going to be difficult for me and i think what they're really asking is am i going to be judged mm -hmm. if i do this will i be judged you know because people will look at you differently and and will i be judged for that and it's very hard for people especially you know creative types who are putting their work out for the first time and so I think some people, even if you're not doing a personal essay, even if, and by the way, I'm up there, I'm doing, like when I personal, my personal essay is, that's me. It's like actors do this all the time, but you know, whatever they're crying in their scene or whatever, but I'm up there and you're, I'm basically saying, not only, not only being vulnerable, but these stories are real. It's happened to me. This is me. This is who, so it's, there's not even the, the veil of pretending to be somebody else, which an actor, mm -hmm. maybe they can hide behind or not. I don't know. But so I think new writers often think, Regardless of whether making they're writing a personal essay or not, if they're writing a piece, a story about whatever, uh, they are worried that whoever was reading it is going to judge them. Oh, if these weird thoughts are coming out of that author's or that writer's head, then maybe they're really having those thoughts. Maybe they are as twisted as their characters, you know? And that's a fair thing. That's <laughs> a fair thing to worry about. So they think, uh, you know, maybe they don't want their characters to say something like, say this or that, because they don't. They don't want to be judged. But, but here's the thing. As and this is exactly what I was thinking as we were rehearsing and, and Cynthia was directing me. It's like, either way, I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be up there. Mm -hmm. And people are going to judge me on my work as a writer and as a performer. And I've been to some shows by writer performers where it's like, you walk, they're good, they're, they're fine. But you walk out thinking, it was a good show, but it wasn't great. You know, and so to me, that's like, that's like the worst thing I could hear as a writer and a performer. Like, it's like, it was okay. And so, because, they, and I think it's because those people just didn't go there. Like, they almost went there, then they pulled back for whatever reason. Maybe they don't, how, didn't know how to go there. They were uncomfortable going there, whatever. Or they just didn't want to. But then you're going to be judged as a writer, as someone, you're going to be, people are going to see that and they're going to think, yeah, he's an okay writer or she's an okay writer, but not a great writer. And so to me, that's like, if you're if you're billing yourself as you're set if you're selling yourself as a writer, that's like the worst thing you could hear is that you're just okay. But if you allow yourself to go there and put yourself out there in front of everybody, then the comment you get in the Q and A or you get the comment that people are thinking on the way home is, "Wow, that was pretty brave." Because people said that to me a lot. That was really brave. So they're not saying they're not judging me for all my faults. They're patting me on the back for putting it out there. And, and I'm not talking about oversharing. I'll, I'll go into that later, but I'm just talking about sharing. And so, so now you're not being judged. You're actually being, you know, commended on doing something. So if you're really, if you are truly worried about being judged as a writer or performer or an artist, if you're really worried about being judged, then put yourself out there, allow yourself to be judged because then you won't be. Mm -hmm. That's the paradox of it. If you're worried about being judged, then allow yourself to be judged and you won't be. That's my thought, Phil. I think that's a very beautiful thought. Um, 
I, because I received the support emails, there were a lot of people who sent in emails talking about the show and their experiences at the show. And a lot of people talked about that exact subject, how brave it was and how grateful they were that you would be so vulnerable to share those things in that situation, in that setting. Um, they talked about some of the stuff that your wife has shared publicly that had happened to her. And I, yeah. had, a, I yeah. had a similar experience. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a less than ideal situation. Uh, we don't need to go too deep yep. in all the details, but one of the things that I had to deal with was some childhood abuse and trauma that happened to me at a young age. And I was ashamed of it. For in and out of foster homes. Foster in homes. And out of, and, yeah. 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 So go on. Yeah. So you were ashamed, yeah. ashamed of that. Yeah. I was ashamed of a lot of those things. And uh, I remember, you know, I was working with a friend of mine and she was like, coached me through a bunch of stuff. And, and we talked about this stuff and she said, you just need to own that. You, because if you continue to be ashamed of the things that happened to you that you did not do, but happened to yeah. you, then you are going to hold back and you will never be able to give as much as you can. And so I just started yeah. owning that stuff. And I remember one of the things I did, you know, on Instagram, sometimes when people like ask me anything and I just put it up there because I had a bunch of free time. And so people asked me a bunch of things. And my best friend asked like six questions and I was like going through and like question number two was, what are what's your best your deepest darkest secret and i was like okay now's the time and i just shared publicly about some of the stuff that had happened to me as a kid and you could tell he felt so uncomfortable that he didn't realize i was going to be so bold and so he right. just he kind of didn't reply to anything else but all of these other people who just kind of lurk commented about wow this is so brave i can't believe it this makes mm -hmm. me love you even more there's such a right. beautiful outpouring of love from people that i know through work or through non-personal settings and it was a completely different experience than i'd ever had uh, with that type of thing so i absolutely agree with you on this if you own it people respect it and if you're timid about it and you don't go there they wonder why yeah. and i think as i always I've been struggling, not that it's a big struggle, but I've been struggling with what art is and what art means. And I kind of think that's kind of, I think that's kind of the key of it. It's like kind of reliving, it's sharing your pain to make the world smaller so that other people can relate to you. And I think that's because I, you know, you hear that, um, it's kind of a cliche, like the struggling artist, you know, is the tortured artist. And I, I don't think that's what that means. I think that's just like a, a weird misinterpretation of what art is. Romant romanticized almost. Yeah, it's like, you know, they're torturing themselves, but that's not, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's artists or just ordinary people or, or not who have been tortured about something and they're not, they're just letting go of it. It's not like they're, they're not still trying to, they're not living in the, they're not asking to be tortured. They're trying to let go of it, you know? Yeah. So I think that's a misunderstanding of like that cliche of, oh, I'm so tortured. It's no, 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 you know? And, and, and someone, uh, very, and she's very, very kind. She said, you know, that um, her, her point was that she, uh, I guess she said something like I was uh, healing the trauma of my life. And, and you know, that's not exactly how I, I don't see it at all that, that way. I don't think I had a traumatic life. I think we all, I think it's just life. I think it's just the pain mm. of life. I don't think I was yeah. traumatized by anything, you know, it's just yeah. life. Yeah, there's a, there's an influencer in the business space who had a quote and he said, um, Trauma is a story we tell ourselves. And then I'm not trying to, to, to take away any serious things that have happened to people. But he right. said, if there's this principle of reframing that we can do with stories, because stories lead to emotion and emotions lead to actions and emotions and stories can elicit real things. 
uh, real neurological and physiological responses that happen. But he yeah. said, I choose to tell a different story to things that have happened to me, which is if I go back in the past, this incident in 1300s medieval France would have been interpreted another way. People die. Mm -hmm. People die all the time, right? Pillaging happens. Murder happens. These things just happen. This is life. Now it's trauma because we have so much free time to think about these things. And so, yeah, I think you're right. It is life. I think that we all need to work through those things, but it is the working through those things that helps inform the story that is unique to us. Yet, as we said before, that unique thing that is unique to us is universal. It is something right. we can all relate to and, and come to terms with. And I, I want to be clear, like when I talk about my trauma, like I, I just wasn't, I'm not dismissing anyone else's trauma. I just right. wasn't, you know, like I didn't, I wasn't, yeah. like I didn't, wasn't abused. Like, you know, I wasn't uh, neglected as a child. I wasn't, you know, I didn't live right. through a war or anything. I just lived through life. That's it. So, yeah. And, and my life just happened to include some things that would be viewed as very traumatic to most people. Right. right. But my trauma is very different than other people who have lived through much worse than I went through. And so right. I agree. I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's not real. Because I think a lot of that stuff is very, very real. But we can yeah. change and channel our emotions into something more productive, which is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. That sorting through the the trauma or the pain or the things we don't want to disclose th through a medium like writing or painting or cinematography, whatever that is, that is where art happens. Right. And I've been not to like I, just to get back, circle back on. And other, sh I guess, other shows, like, I guess when you tell a story or see a show or anything or anything or watch a movie, you know, it's a journey. So why are you taking me on this journey? Not, and it's not just a, this is how I feel. It's not just to entertain me, although that's important. Like, can you, can you give me something a little more than that? You know, can you share something a little deeper than just a, a few laughs and nothing wrong with laughs, but when I, this is what mm -hmm. I want, when I want, when I go on a journey, I want to have, I want to be a little different on the other side. And so it's a, a few laughs isn't going to do it. And, and I, I talked a little bit about this on social media, how I don't like, I think it's important to share, but not overshare. And then people are like, well, what's the difference? How do you know what the difference yeah. is? And that's a, that's a, that's a tricky one. But I it's do think- It's an important uh, question though. And, and let me just preface this too, because I was going to ask this question. For me, talking about real serious things that happened to me as a kid feels a little like oversharing, yet it absolutely wasn't because the context was pro appropriate. That's my understanding, or the, the platform and the time felt appropriate to do that. What, what about yeah. you? What do you think this is? I agree, definitely agree with that. I also think it's about, uh, you know, it's, and it's a wavy line, like sharing, sharing should make me uncomfortable because I'm sharing something intimate and personal. Mm. It makes, but sharing shouldn't make you uncomfortable shouldn't make <laughs> the viewer the audience uncomfortable that's and then that can be oversharing and i think the way to handle it is is kind of simple when you think about it it's like okay let's say i sit down on a bus and i sit next to some person and they stay you know they a person plops down right next to me and they within two seconds they say oh my god uh what an awful day i had i just met up with the person who abused me for five years and then Ooh. you know i tried kidding uh, oh. i you know almost commit suicide five years ago like like um, you just met this person and already they're spilling all these details but had you had you had a conversation with this person and started talking for several hours on this bus ride and then they admit to all this stuff then oversharing becomes sharing 
And so it really is a matter of when that information is parsed out. And that is story structure. That is yeah. what we talk about in the course. It's like, you, it's, it, it's, it's the difference between, you know, it's all about how you tell that story. The details are the same. How you unpack that information is what makes, it makes the difference between sharing and oversharing. No one wants to hear oversharing. And so, yeah. but that same information you could easily put in the same story. Just how, when do you drop it? That's the key. Oh, it's, it's beautiful, man. I, I think that I, I'm, this is one of those moments where I feel like this is a very beautiful and important lesson for any aspiring writer. What you yeah. just said is absolute gold. And I think it took me probably eight years of writing before I realized, oh, I am building a relationship with the audience through this mm -hmm. person and then how I choose to disclose information at specific moments will have an emotional effect on them in a good right. or bad way. It's in essence manipulation. You're manipulating people's feelings through the way you're putting things out. However, I don't think of it in a malicious sense. I think of it as you are, people are willingly submitting themselves and their time to be entertained and you are walking them down a path that will ultimately elicit an emotional response from them. Hey, it's Michael Jammin. If you like my videos and you want me to email them to you for free, join my watch list. Every Friday, I send out my top three videos. These are for writers, actors, creative types. You can unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm not gonna spam you, and it's absolutely free. Just go to michaeljammin.com slash watchlist. I know what you're saying about manipulate, but I don't, that's not, there's gotta be the right word because that word yeah, has I don't think it's the right word. Yeah, you know, I, I, entertainment might be the better word. Yeah, I mean, you're. This is what people want. They want, you know, they want to be taken on a journey, and so you don't, you know, you don't take them to the final yeah. destination first. You take them to the first stop on the journey, then the second, and the yeah. third. You know, so yeah, I, I wish I could think of the better word, but that's. I mean, I really think it's craft. You know, maybe, maybe it's that. Yeah. So yeah. No. I, I don't want to diminish what you just said by using a negative term like manipulation. I think that, I think what you said is very important and I hope everyone listening to this heard that and can wonder, well, how do we do that? And what you've taught me is that is literally the job of a writer. It is understanding yeah. how to plant those flags and build to a specific moment where there is a crescendo of, of emotion and then resolution thereafter. Right. And that's literally what we talk about in the course, where those those moments come in the story. And that, you know, because there are, you can point to them and you can, and you can point to other movies and, and projects and TV shows and you go, oh, look at that. Yes, that's how, that's how that is done. So you're not yeah. just coming out of the box and saying, here's my guts. You know, you're yeah. stepping it out. Uh, there's a, there's a George Clooney film. I think it's called Up in the Air. I think it was by Sam Raimi. Yeah, I, I just say. watched it a couple of, no, I don't think it was. Sam. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was. Uh, um, uh, uh, Jason Ryman. I think it was Jason. Jason Ryman. You're right. You're right. It's Jason Ryman, and I saw it in the theaters, and it is one of the most beautiful films I think I've ever seen because it that moment you're talking about where you share is so mm -hmm. painful. It hurts you as an audience because you what, walk. What scene are you talking about? when he shows up to surprise the woman he's had this beautiful oh yeah 
beautiful moment. <laughs> I mean, it's been out for years. I don't know if it's necessarily spoiled, but if you don't want to know the spoiler, too late. And the movie's fifteen years old already. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, so so he, he's a traveling guy who doesn't want to have relationships. He travels much because he's afraid of these relationships. It's tied into his family and the fact that he's trying to run away from his family, and that's why he's on the plane yeah. all the time, working towards his million miles. And then he falls in love with this woman who's traveling all the time and having this beautiful affair with each other. And then he stops over at her house and you, her husband yeah. opens the door. Yeah. And yeah. he broke his own rule because he fell in love with this woman. And we we're just heartbroken yeah. because. Yeah, is... I just watched that again, coincidentally, yeah. a few weeks ago. And it was really, yeah, it's a great movie. So well done. Yeah, I uh, But to me, that's I think the epitome of what you're talking about here is just. Yeah. Man, it hits you and yeah. it fills you. Laugh, you cry, it's all of it. Yeah. So so there you have it. So what are some things that you think listeners can do to learn how to tell the difference between a good moment and a bad one? Let me start with an example. I think just yeah. paying attention to your interactions with other people and saying, how does that, that story make me feel? So is it that moment when you're on the bus and someone says something, you're like, holy crap, this is not okay. Versus... Yeah man, my friend's just opening up to me and I'm having a beautiful, intimate moment right now with someone I care about. Right. What do you think people can do to develop that? Uh, well, first thing you can do is put yourself out there and not be so worried. There's a wonderful, I hope, I, I probably said it before because I, I don't, I know so few quotes in my life, but there's this wonderful quote by Oscar Wilde who said, you'd worry less about what people thought about you if you realize how little they did, mm. which works on two levels, which means they already think you're an idiot so they're not going to think worse of you or they're just not thinking about you, period. They're thinking about themselves. And that's probably the true version, which is no one's really considered. No one really cares about you. So when you expose yourself and, and open yourself up to judgment, as 10 seconds later, they're not thinking about you anymore. They're thinking about themselves. So yeah. don't worry about it. You know, don't uh, put so much weight on it. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you did share that before, I, but I think it's wild to think that we're like in the 40s, episode 40 something on this podcast, right? Okay. Because we've been doing it for a while. So a while ago we shared that and I shared this lesson you taught me that was incredibly helpful too. I, coming from the conservative religious background I come from, and I have a lot of these concerns about being judged or what people are going to think about me. And I've had to work very hard to overcome a lot of that and realize that these people are not people that I necessarily care for their opinions anymore. I don't want to let their opinions guide me because they're not living the same life that I'm living. They're not living my life and I shouldn't be beholden to their judgment. And and something you shared with me, go ahead if you have something you want to interject. Well, well uh, go ahead. You, you finished. You were going to say. So. I, was, I was going to say, they're in their world and a lot of the times they're just not willing to take the risks that I am. And they're, that's why they live a certain level and quality of life. And all of their opinions come from love. They don't want to see me hurt. They don't want to see right. me uh, break or, or give up values that they feel hold dear, that I also hold dear in many regards. And then you shared with me once, um, no one cares. You're <laughs> just like, no one cares. No, no one, one cares, cares what you're saying. Put it out. They don't care. Yeah. And and I yeah. think it ties directly into that quote. See how Oscar Wilde says it so beautifully, and I just say I just say no one cares. Uh, <laughs> but but the thing is, and this is what I was actually thinking while I was doing my show, which is, yes, I'm sharing all this stuff, but everyone in the audience has something similar going on. Every every single one. There's no way that they're not. And so okay, so I'm I'm the one who's saying it out loud. Yeah, 
they're still suffering from it. They still got the same things going on in their, their, in their lives. So what's the difference? So I'm using my craft and everything I, I've learned, my talent, to hopefully create something that approximates art. And, and that helps them. That helps them. It's actually, you know, it's a generous act. Um, it's, it was, it's hard. It was in the beginning, it was a little difficult for me to get this through my head because these personal essays, it's like, well, I'm talking about myself. It, it seems very narcissistic. But when I write these stories, I'm intentionally not trying, like, I'm not the most, I'm not this interesting public figure. I'm not a public servant. I didn't go to the outer space. I didn't do, not a great athlete. I didn't do anything particularly remarkable. I'm just a writer. So what, who am I to be talking about things from my life? But I tell these stories in a way that I'm really trying, the details are from my life, but the stories are all of yours. And, and so when you look at it that way, it's actually a generous act. It's like, I'm sharing this. It'll bring us closer. It'll help you understand. It'll help you work through your own thought. And I even had, geez, I had a wonderful, I had, I had a text. Um, my neighbor, my neighbor came to the, one of the shows and she texted me afterwards, thanking me for one of the stories I read because it caused her to really rethink how she was treating her children and she apologized to her kids. And wow. yeah, and I didn't even, and I go, oh, that's nice. And then Cynthia's like, do you understand what that was? Like, and I was like, no, should I read it again? She goes, you really just helped her. I mean, you know, you helped her. And it's, I, I, it's hard for me to, it's still hard for me to get that through my head, how me performing or writing something can help someone. But I, and I, I did, I really, I did help her, you know, because I changed her life and in some small way, she apologized to her kids. That's a hard thing for a parents to do, you know, that's hard. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that, like little things like that, you can make a beautiful moment out of something really small uh, just by sharing what you can do, you know? Yeah, that's, that's amazing, uh, man. And we all think we don't have anything special to share. That's the, that's the funny part, you know? We all think some, you know, someone else has something special to share. I don't. I, I, def I definitely feel that way. I, I feel that way still. I still suffer from that imposter syndrome all the time. Right. Like, who, who am I? Who am right. I? to put myself on social media. Who am I to be on a podcast yeah. with you? Who am I to and think, to fail, write and, and well, And what did I say when we first started this podcast? Who am I to be sharing? A <laughs> and I had to so. say, okay, so, so, so let's let's kind of tie this back. So a couple of weeks ago, you shared that you were walking in Hollywood and you were, you were approached by someone on the street and they were like, hey, Michael, I watch you on TikTok. Can I get a photo? And I think that's happened yeah. to you a couple of times now, right? Yeah, a couple of times where people recognize me and you're like, this is super weird. This is not who I am. I'm just a yes, writer. Very weird. Because I'm a yeah. writer. I'm not supposed to be someone you recognize. No writers are recognized. Right. Uh, you know, there's like three writers get recognized. So so, so we we saw each other in person for the first time in a minute. And it was at the uh, Tacoma FD season four rap party that we just had um, yeah. uh, this week. And I got two stories you haven't heard yet. So one of our assistant editors comes up to me. He's like, Phil, he's like, I got to tell you this story. So I have this, my wife has this friend and she comes over and she's like, oh, I'm a writer. And she's like, I'm a writer. And he's like, oh, okay, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I work on this and that. And I do this thing. And she's like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I work on Tacoma, Tacoma FD. And she goes, oh, I listen to Phil Hudson's podcast. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. All right, that got weird. That got weird. And then um, our accountant from Tacoma FD is like, hey, Phil, how's it going? I'm like, oh, hey, get me, what's up? What's up? And she's like, this is my friend Morgan. Morgan, if you're listening, hi, Morgan. Morgan's like, mm. I watched the podcast. And I was like, oh my That's gosh, funny. this is super weird. But she thanked me for making mm. you do this podcast. Yeah. Is, Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah. And 
on the same note, we've had a bunch of really kind comments in the mm-hmm. reviews on podcast on iTunes, but also comments in the YouTube videos where I can't remember who it was or where it was. It might've been in the private Facebook group or in an interaction through the sporting mail. Someone thanked me for sharing the growth mindset, fixed mindsets, mindset stuff by Carol. Yeah. We talked about that book because they right. said it, it absolutely impacted them. So I don't look at that as Phil Hudson's awesome for having read a book to fix his own self. I think it's beautiful that I through the bravery it takes to put myself on camera not looking mm-hmm. the way I want to look, not having the voice mm-hmm. I want to look, being a bald white dude, right? Like mm-hmm. whatever it is, I'm glad that I, that I got to share something that meant a lot to me and impacts somebody else. And that's one of those beautiful things that comes from putting yourself out there. And this is vulnerability yeah. for both yeah. of us. Yeah, put yourself out there. And and when you do, and you may feel like you're not ready, I mean, well, whatever. If you don't feel you're ready to put yourself, then fine, keep working on it, whatever you're doing. But at some point, you will have to take the leap to put yourself out there and just know it's okay if it's not good. Like, you know, that's part of getting the better. That's the getting better part. Like, no one starts off at the top. You have to get better. And so if I keep doing stuff, that's how you get better. It's okay. So, and, and, that's, and, and I that's applaud the- people who put themselves out there, you know, yeah. because they're going to get trolled and they're going to be, you know, people are going to look, you know, screw those people that are trolling you. What are they doing? What are they doing? I know I don't troll people like that. I, I don't. I never troll them if they're they're working. No, man. I applaud them for doing that. Good, good for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. that that's the whole point of that book, by the way. Mindset. It's just growth mindset. Is I can get better. I get better by failing. I get better by yeah by experience versus fix, which is I can't try because it won't be perfect and I'll be judged. Right. right. So right. Uh, I think it's a, a powerful podcast episode, Michael. Thank you so much for preparing it and your thoughts. Thank and, all of and you. Being, and being vulnerable. And, yeah. Uh, at this point, I would ask everyone to uh, let us know what are the things that are standing out to you. I mean, you can put it in the comments on social media and on the YouTube, wherever you're watching it, or in the reviews on iTunes. That absolutely helps more people find this. And if you think it's valuable and other people should find it, go leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know. Oh, right, right review. And, w- and one other thing. So we're going to do... Um, we're going to do a couple more shows, at least a couple more shows. So if you want to, if, if you're listening and you want to come see me perform at Paper Orchestra, we'll be doing two more shows in December in Los Angeles and also two or three shows in the Boston area in uh, no, mid-November. And so, and then we'll hopefully we'll start touring. So if anybody wants to get information on what city we're visiting, please go to michaeljammon.com slash live. And then you can get that. You can enter your, your information there to get more, you know, be updated on where we're going to be. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think you also, as you mentioned, a lot of this stuff, how the craft helps you be vulnerable in a way and in a setting that make that can truly touch people without making them uncomfortable, without oversharing, mm-hmm. uh, that comes from the course. And so if you'd like to get a taste of that and what that looks like, you do give away the free lesson, uh, the first lesson free. Yeah. It's michaeljammon.com slash free. And you teach some powerful fundamental principles of storytelling right there that everyone misses, everyone forgets. And time and time again, mm-hmm. I have to go back to that. Literally the first thing yeah. you taught me back in 2013 in your first email to me personally. Uh, yeah. It's right there. Go get it. That's free. What else you got? Uh, we got your social media at Michael Jammon Writer. Uh, go follow yeah. Michael for more stuff there. Um, anything else, Michael? We got our free newsletter, if you want to mention that. Oh, yeah, the watch list. Can't believe I forgot watch the watch list. list. People yeah. get mad at me when I don't send out the watch list on time. They get very. <laughs> this is kind we of had a visceral. glitch. <laughs> we had a glitch for a while, and then but you fixed. But it wasn't going out the right way. 
Yeah, yeah. So they were up in our our system. We migrated our Mm -hmm. system. There were about 3,000 people on that list because it's a pretty big list who were not happy with me. And I heard about it and you heard about it. And then I heard about it from you. Yeah. I had to go fix it. But it's fixed now. So get on our free newsletter if you want. So the watch list, top three things uh, from the week that Michael is sharing. Um, Yeah. No no spam. It's just daily creative inspiration in your inbox every Friday. Uh, Go sign up at michaeljammon.com slash watch list. Yeah. So you guys got a lot to do. You got a lot of things for us, a lot of things for you to do when we finish this podcast. Go sign up for all this stuff. So that's it. Uh, We're going to sign off and and get ready to prepare for our next podcast episode. (laughs) Thank you for listening, everyone. Until, Until next time. This has been an episode of Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jammon and Phil Hudson. If you'd like to support this podcast, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast with someone who needs to hear today's subject. For free daily screenwriting tips, follow Michael on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Michael Jammon Writer. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Phil A. Hudson. This episode was produced by Phil Hudson and edited by Dallas Crane. Until next time, keep writing.